Welcome to Rights on the Line, the Frontline Defenders podcast featuring the voices and perspectives of human rights defenders around the world. This episode takes us to Hong Kong, where citizens are facing an unprecedented crisis brought on by China's announcement that it would introduce new national security legislation to control the territory. Hong Kong saw a massive uprising of protest in 2019 against what was seen as moves by the Chinese government to infringe on the basic freedoms enjoyed in the city-state. It was the second mass movement of the decade, following the umbrella movement a few years before. Yet now, with the world focused on dealing with a global health pandemic, Chinese authorities are moving to consolidate power in what is seen as an existential crisis for Hong Kong and its people. Frontline defenders discuss the situation and what it might mean for the future of human rights in Hong Kong with human rights defenders and journalists. Joining us for this episode are Mabel Au, a longtime human rights campaigner working on labor and gender rights, Lee Chuck Young, General Secretary of the Hong Kong Confederation of Trade Unions, Andrew Sham, co-founder of Civil Rights Observers, Heng Tung Chao, a lawyer and vice president of the Hong Kong Alliance, and veteran journalist Yin Peng Lam. We open the discussion asking these human rights defenders for their reaction to Beijing's announcement of national security legislation for Hong Kong and their human rights work. Mabel Au explains. Last week, um, the Chinese government has announced um, they will impose a national security law on Hong Kong. It gave a very negative impact on the civil society in Hong Kong um, because uh, it's very simple. Under the uh, national security law, we don't know what kind of charges they will impose on the citizens. And then uh, we also do not know what is the procedure of the the um the enforcement and we do not know where the um the person who got arrested will be having the trial at and then we know nothing about the contents of the law for journalist Ying Pan Lam the announcement presents more questions and that makes everything he does as a journalist uncertain the first very immediate effect is uh uncertainty and fear that arouse from the legislation itself. As the decision written, there will be, there might be uh, special organizations uh, set up by uh, Beijing in Hong Kong to enforce national security law. And then we might understand it as a kind of um, secret police. Under these circumstances, uh, it's hard to tell whether or not we can still run freely or uh, as, as a journalist as we do now. Um, we have already lost hope um, on our future. And for me, um, who is an activist uh, in Hong Kong for so many years, um, to be frank, um, I feel very sad, to, and and we are, and I'm very sad to to hear that um, the China China government um, imposed the national security law to to Hong Kong. Andrew Sham sees this moment as a watershed for Hong Kong. I think the national security law is um, 
um, important uh, weapons for Beijing government and Hong Kong government um, to uh, suppress uh, the human rights uh, movement and also democracy movement in Hong Kong because it is hard to define uh, the meaning of national security. Um, looked at the history of um of the China, um, in the in the past decades, you can see that when the government is not happy, um, uh, to some people who criticize them, um, or or to or the people who protest them, um, they will charge them, uh, with the law of the national security, then this arbitrary law is what many Hong Kong people have been worried for many years. For Hang Tung Chao, the reality for human rights defenders in China is present in her mind when considering the potential for Hong Kong. The new proposed national security legislation will be a very uh, huge barrier for our organizing effort. Since it will impose an atmosphere of fear upon the whole society of Hong Kong. Well, because the, the definition of national security is so amorphous, and going by the example of what happened inside mainland China, action like coin for democracy is definitely subverting the state. And, and many others, like what we thought of as perfectly legitimate. Uh, freedom of expression issue in Hong Kong will be classified as uh, subversive activities under the Chinese Communist Party interpretation. So once that law is here, people will have this fear that, well, even if they are just exercising their freedom to demonstrate, to express their opinion, to call for democracy, they may be charged with very, very serious crime. Subversion and, and inciting separatism can can carry up to life imprisonment, like what happened to Ilham Tota in, in, in Beijing, like what happened to Liu Xiaobo and many others. Li Chakyan can imagine how unions and laborers can quickly be targeted and how this might affect their ability to effectively defend workers' rights. As a labor activist, the new proposed legislation which is the National Security Act, uh, tried to um, legislate on Hong Kong, imposed by China, the element of sedition, subversion, and uh, also incitement, and also collusion with foreign uh, organization. So for the worker side, if there are uh, effort on the part of trade unions in Hong Kong, especially we, the Hong Kong Confederations, the Independent Democratic Union in Hong Kong, to push for democracy in Hong Kong. And uh, we have tried to organize strike in the past, and we are also planning strike action in the future in order to stand up for labor rights and democracy in Hong Kong. And okay, if the new proposed legislation, the subversion clause was, is imposed in Hong Kong, what is the meaning of subversion? No one knows. Please don't use the 
Western standard of rule of law, you can never know what is the definition under the Chinese Communist Party, because they are the one that define what are the meaning of subversion. This is very disaster for Hong Kong. And I will say that this is the end of one country, two system. Is this is one country, one system, and Xi Jinping one system. Whatever Xi Jinping do not like, he will suppress. So this is really a very very disastrous development for Hong Kong, and you almost you can say spell the end of one country, two system. The Chinese government's crackdown on the Tiananmen Square protests and the democracy movement in China had far-reaching repercussions. Many activists found refuge in Hong Kong, and Hong Kong became the only place in Chinese territory where Tiananmen could be remembered. Hang Tung Chao is one of the organizers of the annual event to remember Tiananmen. At this moment, the connection between Tiananmen and Hong Kong might be the most salient it has ever been. The legacy of the uh, Tiananmen protests. Uh, it 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 does it does have a very great impact upon generation of activists like well of a similar age that, that, that as I do well I'm thirty something I when I grow up the Tiananmen Victory every year is like the biggest event in Hong Kong every year is I I I've been I begin I began to attend the vigils since I was in primary school. I was brought there by my parents, and it is like the awakening for many of us of a similar age as I do. It's the first time that well we as a children as youngster we know about well there's injustice in this world. There are people like innocent people getting killed by a government, and that we have the power, we have the the space to. To seek justice for these people, so it is like the first taste of activism, the first taste of well, what we can do as citizens, like attending the vigil, and this had a big impact on, well, empowering the Hong Kong people as to what they can do and who they can speak out for, and of course the idealism of the Tiananmen protest is also an inspiration for us all. After all, the well, before last year, the, the protests in support of the uh, Tiananmen movement in 1989 was the biggest protest in Hong Kong. Well, it happened so past last year, but for 30 years, it is the biggest inspiration for us and the biggest example for us to to learn from. And and of course, that 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 legacy and what we know from there. Inspire our action here as well. Of course, we that there's a separation of three decades. People think differently. People live in different era. But the this, the, I mean, the spark and the the, the how do I say it? <laughs> I, I, at the bottom, in our heart, I'm when we 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 do seek the same things, even though we are. We are miles apart in location. We are times apart, decades apart in time. But we still seek the same freedom, same democracy, and same respect for basic rights. And Hong Kong, for all this year, in keeping in keeping the memory of Tiananmen alive, it is 
acting in defiance of the well the order from Beijing, uh, and the will from Beijing. And this is how we assert that we are still different. We can still protect our autonomy and our freedom in Hong Kong. And at the same time, we are here preserving the memory of that movement. We are again. In in one sense, we are supporting the activists inside China, but in in a way, is a mutual support. Well, that the that the sacrifice and form our action here, and what and the and the candlelight we lit up in Hong Kong, the the memory we preserve in Hong Kong also help to inform our uh, further movement and further action in China. And like new generation in China, young people in China, they can still why they can still learn about Tiananmen and why they can still learn about what happened in eighty nine because there is this preservation of the memory here in Hong Kong that we have not let the Chinese government rewrite history. Hong Kong is significant not just as a place in its own right, but in its relation to and connection with mainland China. Particularly with human rights defenders in China, Mabel Ao explains this dynamic and the further implications for activists in China if Hong Kong is suppressed. For the last few decades,、um, the Hong Kong is the only place that we can freely express ourselves and also give、um, almost like a window、um, to to the world that、uh, what's happening in China. Especially related to those、uh, human rights situations, if Hong Kong will experience the suppressions like、uh, what the press、uh, experience in China, it will, of course, then it will affecting not only Hong Kong but also uh, the um, the news or. The truth happening in China,、uh, like for example about Xinjiang, about Tibet, or about the um, activist um, crack, the activism crackdown in China will not be able to reflect to the outside world. So,、um, in a way that、um, the Hong Kong、um, civil society and the, the press in Hong Kong has、um, made a lot of contributions to reflect the, the truth. Happening、um, in China, and like the recent pan- pandemic,、um, uh, Hong Kong has also got a very uh, first um, hand informations uh, when it when it、uh, almost、um, have the outbreak. So、uh, if Hong Kong cannot reflect all this happening. It will also endanger not only Hong Kong, China, but to the whole world. Like what we witness、um, the pandemic、uh, happening in the last few months. Labor organizer Li Chakian goes further. We have been supporting、uh, mainland human rights defender for many years, and there's a lot of organization doing the same. Uh, supporting labor rights,、uh, human rights, environmental rights from Hong Kong, but of course this is very much under threat by the new legislation, because national security subversion、uh, is imposed on Hong Kong, 
And if we try to do something to support China, uh, will that be seen as subversion or incitement of subversion, whatever they want to say? And uh, even in the area of labor rights or other rights, uh, supporting dissident or those who are being charged with subversion in China would be a crime. So uh, we are not too optimistic about that. And I think, uh, but any, but we believe that um, we in Hong Kong uh, still want to continue to support our mainland human rights defender and we will do as much as possible even under the new net legislation. But the difficulty is we do not know when we will be also arrested for doing that. Hang Tung Chao continues on this point. China's strategies on Hong Kong, what it's doing now is really to to impose the same restriction and control it has on in mainland China onto Hong Kong. So as so it has to well, make it must make it much more difficult for we, us to play the role of being the connector of like the, the, the people, the activism inside China and the outside world. Um, and yes, this will definitely be affected by the new law. If if Hong Kong is well becoming just another city in China then then presumably the, the activism, the activists here in Hong Kong, we need the same support that we have been giving activists in China before from from elsewhere. So there may need to be another support hubs that can play the role of Hong Kong in the past decades. If, if Hong Kong has been important in uh, leaving the keeping the doors soft open and keeping the information flowing between civil society in China and the outside world. Given what might be a devastating blow to Hong Kong's freedoms, what can Hong Kongers do? Andrew Sham and Ninpeng Lam reflect on the bigger picture. I hope that um, our young people, or maybe lots of the young people, but also all the Hong Kong people who treasure the value of human rights should think about how to maintain our uh, determination in the era of national security law. Uh, it is really not easy to handle it. Um, but um, if um, it really happens, if the uh, Beijing really imposed the national security law, which um, I think it will be happened. Uh, we should we should think about what we should do to maintain our our hope, um, also our determination. Um, because uh, after twenty fourteen, just after the umbrella movement, many people feel um very hopeless, and then they reject to participate in any movement, and. Uh, from 2014 to 2019, um, the um, only few people would like to participate in the social movement in Hong Kong. And I hope that it won't repeat um, after the implementation of national security law. And I, I hope that um, for the people who support democracy in Hong Kong should think about um, how to 
keep our energy and how to um, promote the value of democracy and to attract more people to join us because um, people is the, the numbers of people is the most important thing uh, for us to safeguard our future. We all understand we are fighting a desperate battle. Uh, chances of victory is very small and even if we win Uh, we've already lost a lot of things. Thousands of uh, thousands are arrested. Um, a lot of them injured. Some people lost lives. Our society is totally divided, and uh, conflicts and violence are everywhere. Even if we win this fight. Uh, it's a hard win. So, uh, it seems to me that uh, we've really done everything that we can. Maybe the answer is not to give up, to do everything that we can on our position. Uh, for example, uh, as a journalist, I might just keep on doing my job, trying to tell the truth and uh, to record what's really happening in this society to uh, yeah maybe that that's all we can do just try to do our best on our own position and stay alive and prepare for the worst and hope for the best Thank you for listening to this episode of Rights on the Line and the special focus on Hong Kong. Five years ago, Frontline Defenders went to Hong Kong to document the work of human rights defenders in the Umbrella Movement. Turn to our YouTube page and search the channel for Hong Kong to see that video report. And the organization has taken up cases of Chinese and Hong Kong human rights defenders over the years, raising awareness and advocating for their rights. Visit www.frontlinedefenders.org for more information on Frontline Defenders' work to support the security and protection of human rights defenders at risk in Hong Kong, China, and around the world. Thank you for listening, and please subscribe to the Rights on the Line podcast for future episodes.